Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I share powerful conversations with grief experts, spiritual advisors, and other courageous souls in this transformational podcast. I believe with the right support and the power of community, you can eliminate unnecessary prolonged grief. I'm here to teach you how to normalize, recognize, and use grief as a growth tool. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. So hi there. I am Diana Curtis, and I am your host. Welcome back to the Growing Through Grief podcast. I am so happy that you're here, and I thank you for listening to yet another episode. It is my intention to do something, say something, to touch something that will help you feel better instantly. Now, I have a beautiful gift for you today, and it's wrapped in two gorgeous boxes. They both have pink ribbon on them. That would be me, the specialist, and none other than Dr. Sean, the therapist. Let me tell you more about Dr. Sean. She is the LPC and she has almost more than 20 years working with women in Michigan and now Georgia. She specializes in unearthing generational trauma. She has studied African-American women and the mother-daughter relationship, and she has worked with women of all ages. Now, she's very familiar with the evidence-based treatment, but she says, even with that, that women need to feel that they have a safe place that they can discuss their concerns and their fears. She's also the co-owner of Licensed Professional Counselor Institute, where they're educating and teaching the next generation of therapists. She's a mental health advocate, a counselor, a coach, a consultant, and I love her tagline, mental health is mental wealth. And she's also an author, Growing Places with Bailey. And she enjoys spending her time with her family, a husband, seven children, and two grandchildren. So let me just wrap all that up. Dr. Sean is a mother, a wife, an author, an educator, a coach, a counselor, and a mental health advocate. Dr. Sean, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Every time I hear that introduction, I'm like, wow, <laughs> she does a lot. But um, it, it really is um, just out of, out of love and things really flow together. So thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for saying yes. So, and I also want to let my listeners know, I have a very special announcement, so you don't want to miss that. So stay tuned for the entire session. So let's just dive in. Okay. You are a licensed therapist. Mm -hmm. What is therapy? 
Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. A lot of times people aren't really sure of what therapy is or what to expect. Therapy is, is usually done with a professional who, who has been trained with evidence-based techniques to help you address whatever issue you may have. And, and it can be, you know, couples. It can be mental health issue. It can be career-driven uh, coaching or something like that. So usually in therapy, you're finding evidence-based, and that's one of the things that makes therapy kind of different from um, just some of the other things you might hear or see out there. Yes. So for our listeners, uh, most of you know that I worked for the Centers for Disease Control. So the term evidence-based is very familiar with me. And basically what it means is the scientists and the researchers have turned it upside down. And there is some evidence that these practices worked. So yeah, thank you for that. In fact, I uh, was certified by the Grief Recovery Institute and their method, the grief recovery method, is also evidence-based. And even with that, there's still new science being done around all of these methods. So, yeah, it's good to have the researchers and the scientists backing what we do. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I ask you to share one or two things that would help, we're just going to speak to BIPOC. And I say BIPOC, okay. Black Indigenous people of color. Yes. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I ask you one or two things that you could share with them that would help them erase the stigma, the mindset around mental health, grief counseling, whatever, therapy, psychiatrists, what would you tell them? Erase. Mm, okay, so that's a big word. And, and the first thing that I would say is being able to, to step up and be honest about what your fear is and, and just having a conversation. So it might be sitting around having a conversation at the dinner table or at, to having a conversation in the barbershop or having a conversation, you know, in church about what is it that you fear when it comes to therapy. You might be surprised that somebody in that circle has already been and they can answer some of those questions. One of the things that I try to do when I talk about coming to therapy or seeking out support services, because it doesn't just necessarily have to be sick therapy. It's like I need some additional help is, is one, it's okay that you need some help. Yeah. Like that's, we're designed to help each other out in all aspects of our life. Okay. You, you, you can't have life without two people. I'm going to just throw that out there. Okay. Yes. So you need somebody. Okay. So just being able to realize that you need help. So, you know, being able to admit it and realizing you need needing help and then going out there to see what's out there. There are people who look like you. There are people who have been through similar experiences that are you. And I'm talking about people who have been trained, people who have been trained. You just, sometimes it's a little bit harder to, to find them, but um, we're out here and we're waiting for you. And, I, I want people to know if therapy may not necessarily be what they think. There is a belief when you talk about mental health, mental illness falls into that. And mental illness is a, a disease or a dis-ease of something happening. And so when you hear that, you get afraid that if I seek out help, people are going to think I'm crazy 
or there's something wrong with me. And a lot of times we don't realize how much mental health is tied into everything you do, your physical health, your emotional health, um, your spiritual health is tied into um, your mental health. And so when things are off and when you feel like things are off, going to a professional who has been trained and like I said, evidence-based training on techniques that we know that's work, that work, we may have something that you have not thought about, but that goes back to you willing to say, I need some help with this. So when I think about erasing, like I said, that's a very, uh, it's a very big task. But one of the things I try to do is be very open and honest about what you can expect from um, mental health professionals, what you can expect if you're dealing with me, what you can expect if you're dealing with a certain problem, grief, anxiety, depression, bipolar. Mm-hmm. So it, having an honest conversation uh, is the beginning of how you erase the stigma. Yeah, I love that. Uh, maybe the word erase was not a good one, but as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, how we were raised, what we were taught back in the day, years and decades ago. I'm telling my age, maybe you haven't been around that long. <laughs> um, but there's a, a part of us, our society, that it's important that we debunk some of those Correct. beliefs. You threw Correct. out the word church. Uh, Now, we won't have that conversation, but then there were things we were taught in the church about mental health. And as you talk about mental health and physical health, why is it that, not why, but it seems common that we're okay getting that physical checkup every year or how often, but when it comes to the mental checkup, there lies a problem. As you said, they're all working together, the mm-hmm. mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. So, yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So, my next question is, would you share with us maybe your own personal grief story, grief events, something that have happened in your life? And to me, of course, grief is an emotion. But grief is also wanting something to be different from Mm. what it is. And when we don't get that thing, (laughs) it could be, I want him to like me. He doesn't like me, you know, so Mm -hmm. I grieve it. I still want to be married to him. He doesn't want to be. So we grieve those things. We even grieve Mm -hmm. when we lose our car keys, you know, Mm -hmm. where is it? Where are they? So whatever, share with us your grief story, whatever comes up for you in this moment. Oh, sure. I, I, I absolutely want to repeat what you said about grief being an emotion, number one. So we all will go through it at some particular point in time. And the fact that it, it's a loss when you want something, your, your, your heart is telling you that this, this hurts or there's a discomfort. And, and so when I think about and then cross of course it's associated with the loss when there's a loss of, of someone, you know, a loved one or a pet. I always throw that in, you know, which is yes. very, very important to, to some people, but that loss of someone that you love. And, you know, when I when I first thought about it, I I've, I've been blessed to have had a, a life filled with both my grandparents and both of all of them, all four of them have transitioned on. Mm-hmm. And it was well, it was well with my soul because like I said, I had, I had them. When I think about the pain of grief and that discomfort that sometimes immobilizes us 
and you're asking yourself why my grief story is connected to March of 2020, when all of our lives changed to uh, know what we now call the pandemic or COVID. I did lose a cousin. And I think as well as several people, and I had shared with you, you know, privately, my phone rang for nine weeks with someone losing someone special to them. So while I had a couple of people who were directly connected to me, my daughter, her, her friend lost her mother, my girlfriend lost her father. It was just, you know, somebody, you know, my uncle lost um, members in his dance troupe. It was just people were calling and just sharing the, the loss. And it was very heavy. And so also being a therapist and understanding what grief brings, I think there was a connection there. But I also experienced my own life of immobilization with the loss of my autonomy and agency of my choices. None of us could go anywhere for weeks. Um, we were washing our hands. We didn't know what was going on. And some of us are still wondering what, what's, what's happening and when will this be over or what will life be like now? Just having a sense of knowing before allowed me to feel safe. And when I didn't know anymore, that was in there as well. It, it, it was a while before I realized that I had slipped into uh, a depression because as a professional what I do is um, I put my emotions in what I call the emotional canister. And, and actually, we can talk about that. That is a technique that I use um, in therapy. And it's just a place to hold your emotions. So we're acknowledging them. But we, you know, we want to put them somewhere so they do not cloud or drive our judgment. So I could put my stuff there, but I was still hurting and it was, and it was heavy. And I don't think I gave myself an opportunity to hurt for what I was experiencing what my friends were experiencing, my, my very good friend, what we were experiencing as, as a family, especially with my cousin, because I had just, we, were, we just celebrated a 50th birthday and all of us were at a birthday party. And nine days later, and mind you, I got three family members in the hospital while this was going on. We get the call. And, you know, to just think about being in front of somebody and celebrating or like we we were we were talking about him coming to visit me that summer i'm I'm from detroit michigan and so uh and and moved to georgia and it just it just you know i don't it's hard to explain but it it really was a loss that just kind of came out of me from somewhere and i and and i didn't realize until later because i I had to go to work the next day or i had to go back to my regular routine and I had to take a sabbatical. I had to take four months off to get myself together. And then I struggled because I'm saying, well, that was my cousin's husband. He was, he was married to my cousin's uh, husband or, you know, like that wasn't my mother. And I, but I was like, no, Sean, you feel for people too. And you know, when you have that something removed from you or taken out, you know what that's like. And so if you only experienced it a little bit, imagine what, you know, I think about my girlfriend when her dad, or somebody, their mom. And and so it was like, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Not being able to go nowhere, not being able to fly home. I didn't see my family. I hadn't seen my daughter in over a year. I ended up seeing her, you know, last year in 2021. But just, it was like, it's okay to be sad. Yes. Okay yes. to be uncertain. It's okay to be confused. It is okay. And I'm a woman of faith as, as well. And I say that because... I struggled in that as well. I kept on saying, well, do you, do you trust 
you know, what, you know, what do you, you know, are you not praying? Are not, what, what, is, what is going on? But I, when I also realized the power of emotions and what emotions are doing, they're telling the story of our body. Our body's trying to tell us I'm sad. That's why he's giving us emotions. It's okay to be sad. Sit in it. Acknowledge it. It's okay. Yeah. And it began to pass its way through. I've given the long version, but I felt like I, I want people to understand how powerful emotions are. There is a place for them that we need to acknowledge them. I also want people to know there's nothing wrong with grief. It's very natural. And we need to have more conversations about it and make space for it. I also want people to know as well and as educated as I am, I still had to take a break and step back and own my stuff too. So it's okay. You know, it really is okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that was my face-to-face and, and, and grief actually won that one. But I, 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 I stepped back. I did my mental health exercises. I did a lot. I, I changed my diet. That's a whole nother conversation, Ms. Diane, just what yeah. you put in your body. And took a break, a uh, mental health break for myself and focused on myself and my family and came back stronger and better over my business. Here I am. This is almost literally a year later and it's yeah. been um, absolutely amazing. But taking time for myself and, and allowing myself that space to yeah. feel the hurt. So that's a good, good word for those of you who may be listening to this episode and you're a social worker, you're a therapist, you help other people, and you're moving, 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 taking care of the other people, dismissing your self-care. That mm-hmm. could potentially lead to, I'll use the word you use, depression. Mm-hmm. Now, you also shared at the very at the top of the episode how important it is to have another person to witness your pain. Mm-hmm. You are a therapist. You have the tools, but to seek support from someone else just brings extra power to the process of healing. I believe mm-hmm. we all need someone to be on the other side of the desk, the table, the screen to witness our pain and to share mm-hmm. with someone safe, not just any old someone, right? Correct. But someone mm-hmm. safe. You also mentioned the emotional container. And you said you have your system where you can put it away, but you were still hurting. And what Mm -hmm. came up for me is what I tell all of my clients, all of my family members, the body is not a storage center. Mm -hmm. You probably need to say that one more time. Say that one more time, because I think people need to feel that. Say that again. The body is not a storage container. Mm. The body Mm. is a processing center. Mm. We breathe in, we breathe Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. We eat food, we eliminate it. We drink water, we eliminate Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. When we leave those emotions inside of our body and treat them like, treat the body like it's a container, Mm -hmm. those emotions go in somewhere. They may Mm -hmm. come out as outbursts, uncontrollable crying. They Mm -hmm. may even stay in the body and start moving around in our various cells and the cells become dis-ease. It is so important to treat emotions the same as you treat food, water, breathing, whatever. 
It's important not to store that stuff in the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the way you said that. Like, uh, it's a processing center. And that's what I, t- that's what I tell people. You got to process it. It's a place that it's a, it's a holding space. But the thing is, you have to go back and get it. You have to go back because it won't go away. Right. It builds up. It builds up. You talked about outbursts and uh, uncontrollable crying. How about uncontrollable credit card debt? Ooh, I said yeah. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Going to school, getting a whole bunch of degrees. Ooh, I said it. Yes. Because yeah. sometimes yeah. it doesn't Numbing look like it's necessary. Mm, that's what it is. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Trying to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. That has a lot of, ooh, there's a lot of meat there, but we can't, we just can't do it all. (laughs) So share with me, you hit on it a little bit. Once you got support, however you got your support, your own tools, seeking others, professionals, whomever, how have you become more of yourself after number one, realizing you needed the support and you may have been in a state of depression and you shared that a year later, your business is flourishing and you're doing some other things. But in terms of the, the person that you are, maybe how you interact with your clients now, mm. how have you become more of yourself after going through your own process? Well, one of the things that I, I mentioned earlier was eating differently and, and, and adding physical exercise to my, to my life. What I Learn during that process is how um, the heart, mind, and spirit, and physical body all work together. Like they, you know, want you can't work on the outside and not do inside work. You can't do spiritual work, and for some people, that's um, it's related to to the church or some type of religious affiliation. But the, you you mentioned energy, emotions are energy in motion. You have to do something to attend to them, and so during that time. I learned how well they work together and really started incorporating those other parts. And so knowing about mental health was helpful, but I didn't exercise and I didn't, I not ate whatever I wanted to. You, you, they, it, it, it will, you can move through it. It'll sustain you for a while, but I promise it catches up with you. I promise. And so it was, learning how to eat differently and learning how to add physical movement into my whole regimen. You know, I, I already had my, my mental health breakthrough days that I didn't do anything. I still journal, not as often, but I would have, you know, quiet time, downtime. So I knew massages I would do. So I knew how to do all of that stuff, but I didn't have, I, I acted like it was its own entity and it's not. It connects right. to everything. Yeah. And, and once I did that, like at, had like all of those pieces connect together. What I noticed in my business was I was able to connect with people better. And this might sound crazy, but it was being so in tune that I am able to connect with them empathically, even over the video or, you know, the Zoom. We this is a very similar service. So it was video right now. And I struggled with that. Because even though I was working, I worked through the pandemic. We still, we see, we would see people. Some people came into the office and I kept on saying, I can't, I can't do it by video. Once I began to get heart, mind, and spirit aligned, it was powerful of mm-hmm. what I can, how I could connect with people and, and feel them. 
And so it, it really did not only, I think the, I think the business elevated just in itself of, of the timing, you know, like I said, people are looking for someone to talk to, but also being able to connect with people. And I go back to that safe place. Right. Sometimes people aren't ready in, to go into therapy. Sometimes they just need you to listen without judgment, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so to be able to say, okay, this time we're not quite ready to go for the deep stuff. They just need somebody to listen. Okay, I'm going to just sit and I'm going to listen. And a lot of times when you talk about uh, support groups or when you talk about um, that, that one-on-one, sometimes that's what people need before they can open all the way up so you can get into the heavy lifting. Right. And that's what I was able to... I feel it now. I don't know if that even makes sense. Where before, I think I was more so coming from the the cognitive or the head, but what I had been taught and good teaching, like I said, evidence-based stuff. We know the things work, but this was a whole experience of heart, mind, and spirit bringing all of, and I say Sean, so Dr. Sean, Sean, who was a 20-year-old, 20-year-old young mom, you know, Sean, who was a single mom, you know, bringing all of her to that experience when I'm working one-on-one with my people. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. You almost just described my program. (laughs) (laughs) I have spent the last three years. Yes, we're going into three years of being on kind of on lockdown, but I've spent that time wisely When you talk about the heart, mind, spirit, when those three components of who we are, when they are harmonized, you Mm -hmm. feel like you can just go out and take on the world. Mm -hmm. And I call them the four pillars of existence, Mm -hmm. the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And what you just said for the first time when I think about evidence-based, for the first time, for me, I heard the gap in even that. And that is the spiritual part of it. The essence, mm-hmm. you know, really looking mm-hmm. at who we are mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. human beings. So we got that mental pain, that mind, the mental mm-hmm. health piece that you're so beautiful and serving your people with. And then we got that emotional pain, the sadness, the worry, mm-hmm. the anger, the fear. And then that physical pain, our chronic pain in our bodies. Mm-hmm. But then there's also that spiritual pain. And to mm-hmm. me, that spiritual pain is to disconnect from myself, from the essence, from the spirit, from the light, from mm-hmm. the truth, my real self of who I am. Mm-hmm. And as you said, sometimes people just need a compassionate listener just somebody to sit there with them. And the physical piece is so important that you mentioned. In fact, in my course, I've already contracted with this woman to come in and show the primarily females how to move the grief, physically move it out of your body. Doesn't mean it's not going to come back, but move the grief. So as I started to say, for the last three years, I've really been working on this program and it's sort of an expansion of the Growing Through Grief podcast. It's the Growing Through Grief system and Mm. it addresses all four of those pillars we just talked about, the whole body, not just the mind, your mental self, but all of who we are 
as individuals, because I don't know, I know a lot of people who are just tired of the survival counseling. Just give me enough to get me through the day, right? <laughs> so this program is it's holistic. It's just cover everything and help you clean up inside, clear out the pain from when you were five years old. You mentioned the pet. Yeah. I lost a pet. And mom and dad said, oh, we'll get you another pet. Well, I haven't worked through the pain of losing the pet. So, and that's the pain that's blocking us from moving into our best self, living yeah. we would like to be. So, yes, I just said a mouthful too, and you did. And for me, I, let me just share. I, I have a course starting. It started March 3rd. And if there's anyone out there would just like to learn more about it. Um, I realize, like Dr. Shun said, sometimes we're not ready to go to go there. We just need a compassionate listener. But if you're just, if it pique your interest just a little bit, go to my website. It's uh, coaching to the heart. Or you can send me an email at Diana at coaching to the heart and see if this is something that will support you in some way. If not, there are other options too, right? So Dr. Sean, wow, the time is moving quickly. <laughs> It is moving quickly. So let me ask you to share with our audience one takeaway that you would give them. And then remember, audience, listeners, I have a very important announcement to make. So but I'm going to first ask Dr. Sean if she would give you one takeaway from this conversation we just had. Um, I, I think I want to remind people that we all need somebody and stepping back no matter who has hurt you or what loss you have experienced, that there is somebody out there that is waiting for you. You might, it might not be in your family. They might not be next door. They might not be in the same state. Right. But there is somebody that is waiting for you and we all need somebody. Mm -hmm. And when you open yourself up to allow yourself to find that somebody, we're going to find you. We're going to find you. Miss um, Diana had shared, like, she has something. Like I say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a therapist. I work with therapists. Sometimes it's, it's, it might not be who you think it is. I just want you to know that we all need somebody. And if you feel like you don't have somebody, I'm telling you that ain't true. And I did say, hey, somebody waiting for you. And I think that's what I want to close to leave people with. Because I know there's a lot of people that struggle with, not wanting to ask for help or thinking um, nobody gets it. Mm, yeah. I've been doing this a long time. There's somebody waiting for you, I promise. Yes, yes. As you were talking, I'm thinking healing happens in community, not alone, not in isolation, but in community. And my teacher taught me when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Yes. So all you have to do is just be ready, open your heart to whatever, and it will just come and it will come in a loving, compassionate way. There is somebody, I agree, somebody just waiting to support and help. So open the heart and be willing to let it happen. So with that, Dr. Sean, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. 
And for the listeners, your information will be in the show notes. They will know how to reach out to you on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are. But any one thing that you would like to share in terms of what you've been up to? I am working on a meditation CD and um, definitely would love to come back and talk about that. And I, and, and I and approach me from the standpoint of a little bit different than what you may think. Um, I tell people before we get to meditation, we, know, we have to learn how to be still. So that's where I just want you to learn how to be still and be present in the moment and welcome whatever is going on in the moment. And sometimes what's going on in the moment may make you uncomfortable. But how can you be comfortable when you're uncomfortable? So just, and, it, and then, then we have the meditation music, but just some, you know, tips before we go into learning how to be still and be quiet and be present with ourselves. So that's my, I'm Dr. Shaw, D-R-S-H-A-W-N, the T-H-E-L-P-C on all social media. So Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you, you want to find me, you definitely can um, follow me. And then there's the website that's www. Um, drshondalpc.com um, where uh, people send me questions if they're looking for something in a more therapeutic manner or questions about um, finding a therapist. So mm-hmm. check me out on the website as well. Beautiful, beautiful. So the special announcement is we know that there's so much to talk about and this just wasn't enough space. So Dr. Sean has not only agreed to come back and do a part two to this conversation, but she's also agreed to be a regular on the Growing Through Grief podcast. And I'm just so excited about that. And it's our intention, it's our goal to just continue to bring you valuable information, tools and skills and practices that will help you navigate this thing called life. Yeah. And have fun with it in the process. So there you have it. We will have a part two to this discussion. And perhaps you will give us a little taste of the meditation CD. So don't miss part two. Yeah, that's amazing news. So there you have it. Thank you for listening. And just remember to keep growing. And don't forget to join me next week in another episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.